The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Talk of Champions Recruiting. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, and affiliate of On3.com. Today's guest is Jeremy Crabtree, On3 National Recruiting Analyst. And Zach talked to him for about 30 minutes. That means I don't have to talk very much. Hey, buddy, what's up? Yo. How are you? I'm good. Just uh, a busy day. As you know, recruiting never stops, but... Uh, Getting some uh, some stuff prepped for uh, for Friendsgiving this evening, so it should be uh, should be fun. I love going to places and uh, there being tables of food to where I can partake in. What is Friendsgiving? Oh, you know what Friendsgiving is. No, if it's I knew, just, I wouldn't ask what it was. I didn't know if this was like a media thing where you're just giving me the layup to tell the listeners. Um, no, I, mean, I don't know. A, it, I mean, it's just a glorified dinner party but it's just around Thanksgiving. So everybody calls it Friendsgiving. So there will be some Thanksgiving themed uh, dishes that will be prepared, but it's just mostly just an excuse to get together and hang out. So I honestly never experienced it or was never, I never heard of it until uh, I guess this was 2013 when we lived in New York and it was a thing because it was around the holidays. Everybody that lived in New York, they were all transplants, so they weren't going back home. So it was a way for it's like, hey, like you can't eat with your family, so we're all going to get together as friends and do it like you would at home. Mm. Um, so that was like my initial jump into Friendsgiving. But now it's just like a way. This yeah, is captivating podcasting. <laughs> it's just, yeah, this is a dinner party. Let's yeah, just end fun. it there. Just end it there. It's a dinner party, and I'm not invited. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make the four and a half hour drive. Um, oh, thank you. Love, no, love I'm not going to invite you. myself. No, no. You know who didn't invite themselves to Ole Miss Vanderbilt this weekend? What a segue. That's just professional <laughs> stuff right there, Ooh, folks. There That's you what go. you sign up for. That's why you listen to Talk of Champions. Ole Miss doesn't have a big visitor list for this weekend, but it's still a significant visitor list because of who is actually coming in. It is. Um, you and I were talking about this earlier, and I think it gets kind of lost in the shuffle and then, lost in just what else is going on inside recruiting and the the hot name of Jaheim Otis, who we'll get to later uh, during my conversation with uh, Jeremy Crabtree, um, a very thorough breakdown of everything that's going on with him and, and other targets. But Xavier Harris committed back in July. Um, and then since then, I mean, he's just been locked down. 
focused on his senior season, finished that out. Now he's just kind of getting into that mold of getting ready to make uh, the leap to the next level and playing in college. And look, I know that a lot is made about Jaheim Otis and his size and how big he is and, you know, his impact in this class if he were to join it. But you can't sleep on Xavier Harris. This is a guy that's 6'6", every bit of 310, 315 pounds. Um, but, I mean, he is a a mover up front. I mean, this is someone that uh, is – I do not believe he still plays basketball, but he's played basketball in high school before, so he's got good feet. Um, he can move, and it's not just some big run-plugging guy, and that's all he does. He's He's athletic. He's long. And uh, again, that's just one of the, you know, he joined Jacarius Clayton in this class and Randall Joyner prioritized him early. And um, I think that that should, uh, Ole Miss fans should, should not sleep on Xavier Harris, as the kids would say. But yeah, big visit weekend for him. It's his official visit. Come in, watch Ole Miss play defense. I mean, he's going to get to get a up close look at an improving pass rush and an improving defensive line group that is really transform the way this defense plays. So big time visit, um, you know, he is committed. So it's not like you're having to worry about a commit watch or, you know, will he or won't he, but, um, but yeah, I think that uh, he is someone that Ole Miss fans should not take lightly being in this class. He's the highest ranked commitment for Ole Miss is Harris. He's important. Also important yeah. is Percy Lewis because Percy Lewis is now going to be in town. How many times in the last month or so twice Liberty and now for this game against Vanderbilt. Strange weekend yeah. choices for Percy Lewis, though. You don't come in for Texas A&M. You don't come in for LSU. <laughs> you come in for Liberty and Vanderbilt. Hey, I mean, you know, if anything, he might just kind of think, you know, well, it's not as high profile of a game, so maybe I'll get, you know, a little more All attention. All the attention, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little more face-to-face with the staff. Um, I do think yeah. there's real Ole Miss momentum there. I do, too. I, I posted it in the Recruiting Daily yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, so that would have been on Wednesday. He kind of seems to, you know, cooled off a little bit on Oregon. Um, committed to them way back in March, which feels like, you know, two years ago at this point. Um, but he, he's, you know, look, follow the visits. That's what we always say. He's been to Ole Miss. He's been to Mississippi State. Um, he did take a couple of visits elsewhere. Um, he's been to uh, Missouri and – I believe he has been to – he's been to Oregon, too, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, of course he has. But, but those visits were, were a good bit ago, a couple months. So I think that this is um, – oh, TCU is the one I left out. He went there. Uh, he did kind of a swing He's in not the going there. Okay. No. So that was back in June, um, TCU, Missouri, Oregon. But this is going to be an Egg Bowl battle. It's going to be Mississippi State or Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, He's a Mississippi so when native. I say he's got momentum, I should say he's really trending towards staying in state more than anything else. Because I don't feel confident about any of Ole Miss's remaining recruiting targets as far as committing soon to Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, I I think that he is certainly trending in a way to where Ole Miss has prioritized him. Yeah, they're going to. Again, we talk about the slot. They're going to be very thorough and very diligent in how they recruit and. I think at this point, especially if you're a junior college player, they are wanting you to come in immediately and contribute. This isn't a, you have all to. right, you get your, you get your one year window since you're Juco. Like, no, they want you to come in and play immediately. Um, so he is someone that they're wanting to 
to bring in to do that. Same with the Carlos Nicholson, who is also a junior college prospect that they're recruiting. Um, they are going to want him to come in immediately and be one of the six that start in that three, two, six. So um, yeah, I think he's certainly trending uh, Ole Miss's direction. Um, and then Mississippi state is very close behind there. I, I don't anticipate him signing with Oregon. And then the other important visitor we can't name yet. I am not going to call them a mystery recruit. I will never use that, even though I just did. Mystery recruit. Not going to do it. But I will say it's not Jaheim Otis. It's not Arch Manning. Honestly, you can try to guess all you want. You won't guess this person. You just won't. It's not somebody you knew about until this week as a possibility, and that name will come out in due time. We can't report it right now. Yeah, and again, once the name goes public and you know who it is, uh, again, you just have to know, well, if Ole Miss is bringing him in right now, you know, game 11 of the season, then he's probably someone that they're willing to take. Uh, this isn't, I don't think that Ole Miss and this staff is in position to, well, let's bring him in just, just to chat and see, see what they have to say. Like, no, like, no, it's too late homework. for that. It's too late for that. They, they know that they're willing to take them or not. Um, so, yeah, if they're coming in this weekend, last home game, it's for a reason. So that's something to to keep in mind, you know, this weekend uh, and then after the season, after uh, the Egg Bowl, and if they start having visitors come in before the bowl game, after the bowl game, that you obviously know it's getting down to crunch time. So if they're bringing them on campus to talk in person, it is for a reason. So what do we feel right now about where Ole Miss stands? Because a lot of hand-wringing, about losing Dorch, losing Hurst. Dorch is something we've been talking about happening, inevitably happening for months. Dorch was not a surprise, but we can say that Hurst was a little bit of a surprise. I'm getting conflicting information on that, um, that Ole Miss did want him and it surprised them and they're still recruiting him. So where do you feel Ole Miss is numbers-wise, class-wise? Should Ole Miss fans be worried? So, yeah, Dorch was just, it was a, a disagreement on position. Leave it at that. Ole Miss wanted to recruit him as a defensive back. It wasn't and, uh, just was, about that, Zach. It wasn't just about that. <laughs> I mean, do you want to simplify um, it and say it was just about what position he was going to play? That's fine. That is partially true. I'm not calling you a liar in any way. That's not what I'm saying. That did play into it a little bit. But the real reason why he is now a Mississippi State Bulldog and not an Ole Miss Rebel has nothing to do with the position. The overarching reason is because, let's be frank, it was a mutual parting of ways. Yeah, and I think that that was the start of it, though. I think that he wanted to play receiver. Ole Miss wanted him as a defensive back, and no. that kind of started the ball rolling. We disagree. That, just my opinion. We disagree. Um, speaking of disagreeing, uh, like you said, conflicting information about Hurst. Some are saying that mutual parting of ways. Some are I don't saying, buy it. Uh, scholarship was pulled. I reached out to Bryson. Um, we talked a good bit during his recruitment. Um, he's always been – really receptive to doing interviews and answering questions. I just simply asked him, I said, Hey, do you want to make a comment about your decommitment? And uh, he said, yeah, sure. And he said, um, you know, just kind of wanted to reevaluate some things and that uh, he's still in contact with Jake Thornton, the offensive line coach on this. And the, uh, there are other members of the staff that still talk to him every day. So I don't really know what to tell you. Um, but, you know, to the listener, you know, we, we, we've gotten quotes from the actual recruit. And unless he's just flat out lying, um, I don't know what to tell you. So that's, I, I think he's 
probably wanting to reevaluate. I think some other programs have reached out to him here and there, and I think he's wanting to hear them out as well. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think if Ole Miss is still recruiting him and still wants him to be a part of this 2022 class, barring him having any towards a, any kind of ill will towards the staff or just kind of, you know, maybe I want to leave Mississippi and do something different. Um, if Ole Miss wants him, I don't see why they wouldn't take him back because I, I always thought he was an impressive prospect. He's big. He may not play immediately, which is the hangup, because they do want those immediate impact guys and they want to really – you know, not only prioritize prospects who can contribute immediately, but they 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 want to have the floor has got to be you know somewhat high. Where it's it's got to be, hey man, like we if you can't contribute immediately, we need you to at least be getting inside the you know the two deep by midseason. I don't think they're wanting to have you know the chance of a high school prospect being a one to two year project. I think the those days are over with college football, with how the transfer portal is changing things where you can go and get someone like they did earlier uh, in the season with Jordan Rhodes, a guy that played a ton of snaps in South Carolina. They brought him in. He was pretty helpful early in the season when they had some injuries. He played uh, a lot of big snaps. So that's kind of what they're probably weighing, in my opinion. Uh, and then same with Hurst. Like I said, he's hearing from other programs, but he's like you said, he's still in contact with the Ole Miss staff. So that's kind of where it is. That's all. That's all I can tell you. We'll get right back to Talk of Champions recruiting after Zach tells you briefly about a couple of podcast sponsors of Talk of Champions. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant bar and entertainment space on South Lamar in Oxford. 10,000 square feet of indoor space and three-quarters of an acre of outdoor space complete with a full-stage indoor and outdoor projectors, three bars, a children's playground, and parking on site for you to come and enjoy all of their open fire barbecue and the fixings that come with it. And now you can contact Lamar Yard and ask them about their catering and private event rental options. Perfect for that next big celebration and or the Grove party in the fall or if you want to inquire about doing some catering in the spring for Ole Miss baseball. They are your quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. Football season is back at Ole Miss. As we all know, we are rolling in to the end of the 2021 season. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild and South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com. And you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with a flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-2000. 
4444. Which prospects are you most paying attention to right now as the early signing period rapidly approaches December 15th? I, I mean, I think it starts with Devin Brown, quarterback out of Utah. Um, he's been pretty honest with national recruiters. I talked a good bit about him with Jeremy Crabtree, um, which you'll hear later uh, in the interview that I did with him where he – Basically says it's, you know, kind of a waiting game. He wants to see what, what Southern Cal is going to do. But, I mean, right now, as we record this, it's November 18th. You've got week 11, and then week 12 is next week. After that, that's when that carousel starts starts turning, that coaching carousel. And if Southern Cal – I this is just my opinion. I think if Graham Harrell is not kept on staff, I think he will decommit and look elsewhere. Now that's not a prediction. That's not me saying lock it up, you know, breaking news, but he's been very, very clear that he is enamored with Graham Harrell's offense. He wants to play for Graham Harrell. Um, and the allure of being a quarterback in that program is, is important to him. He's a West coast guy. He's originally from Arizona. So he's very familiar with the Pac-12 and, and how big of a deal it is to be quarterback um, in L.A. So I think that he is still wanting to give them a fair shot at retaining his commitment. But I think the Graham Harrell thing is key here because I think if he is not retained by whoever they hire, then he's probably going to look to open things up. And right now I think it's Ole Miss. And um, after that, I think it's Texas. And then he's visiting Ohio State this weekend for their game against Michigan State. I don't think he's going to Ohio State. That quarterback room is loaded. You've got C.J. Stroud, who's kind of catapulted himself into the Heisman conversation now. You've got Jack Miller, who is probably still going to be on that roster at some point next season. I don't know. He had some off-the-field stuff pop up. And then you got Quinn Ewers, the former number one overall player in the country, who is there. So pretty pretty stiff competition there in Columbus. So um and then you look at texas i mean yeah they're in the middle of a five game losing streak but you've got two blue chip guys there fighting over who gets the first team reps at Ole miss matt corral's leaving after this year he's going to get drafted and then after that luke altmeyer's played a little bit and he's done some nice things here and there but he's he's not i don't think he's ready yet now it's not saying he wouldn't be ready in 2022 but that's a fair competition i think devin brown would take his odds in going to Oxford and competing with Luke Altmaier for first team reps, or at least being in there, you know, in the conversation in spring practice. Well, Luke um, Altmaier and the transfer they land, regardless of Devin that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's too. Be- bearing the lead there. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that that, that quarterback room is, is much more appealing to him. And as I talked with Crabtree, which you'll hear, um, he goes in pretty pretty deep into kind of what he's looking for in his recruitment. So I think Ole Miss fits him the best. Um, And then look, I I mentioned Southern Cal. I mean, they got a couple of good guys out there too playing quarterback. So, um, and I know that's kind of the nature of the beast when you're a a high caliber, talented power five quarterback, you're going to go somewhere where you're going to be buried in the depth chart for at least a year, possibly not a lot of places are just going to be like, Hey, you're the keys, true freshman go on. So um, yeah, I think, he's wanting to see what Southern Cal does. And I think he'll probably get some kind of answer here in the next couple of weeks. Okay. 
So what are you and Jamie Crabtree going to be talking about? So like I said, we talk a good bit about Devin Brown. Um, he uh, He's pretty pretty locked in nationally with what he's looking for and, and the options that I've already laid out there. So we talk about him. Talk about Jaheim Otis a good bit. I, I don't think Ole Miss is out of it yet. And I do think that Otis is, is giving a hard look at both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Um, we talk about kind of what each program offers to him and how it's different, but how it appeals to him and, and what he said he's looking for in his recruitment. And then um, we talk a good bit about the transfer portal and kind of how it's changed the landscape of recruiting in this industry and how they're doing their best to incorporate. I don't and he kind of said it and I, I agree. It's 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 far too difficult, in my opinion, to try to include portal additions into the team rankings, but just kind of how those two things can marry up to really evaluate what a team is bringing in. But we talked a good bit about the transfer portal. And then, of course, Ben, as you know, it wouldn't be an almost recruiting podcast if we didn't talk about Arch Manning. Talk a good bit about Arch at the end of the show, um, kind of who his finalists are as of today. Um, and again, I reiterate November 18th, 2021. So this is when we recorded this. So um, things always change in recruiting. You know that as well as I do, but uh, we talk a good bit about Arch at the end and kind of the pecking order and where things stand for him after he did his, uh, as I was calling it, the tour to Arch fall. I do not buy the Texas smoke at all. And I know that Ole Miss is strengthening his position with him. And I'll leave it at that. I, I agree 100% there. I do think that recruits still do not look at wins and losses as much as fans. It's not about that. I also don't, I think that the original, the original reporting in regards to arch in Texas was a little overblown. I I could buy that a little bit. It crafted a narrative that a lot of people latched onto. Sorry to interrupt you countless times. (laughs) I do think that he obviously likes Sark and his offense, his ability to coach quarterbacks. I think that's appealing. And I think that the big thing about Texas is he likes the city of Austin. I think that that was a big deal for him. Obviously, when you're signing a letter of intent, you're going to live somewhere for three to four years. I think that that was something that he liked. Um, I agree with you, though. I think Ole Miss, this, uh, these last couple weeks, has really, really made a move. Um, and this is my opinion. Um, now the Ole Miss momentum there, I think you and I both are pretty well sourced on that from what I'm hearing. Um, in my opinion, I don't really get the Georgia connection here. And this is just me questioning Kirby Smart's ability to maximize quarterback. That's, that's you being all Zachy and having your opinion on it. The, the Georgia pool is pretty obvious, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a great program. They're winning at a high level. Athens is a fantastic college town. There are tons of positives about it, but that's just me being an offensive guy looking at how things marry up offensively. That's fine. That's just bit, stick to that's what a you know. Playing well this year. That's fine. Stick with what you know, Zach. Stick with what you know. I just he's all about the longevity and how he can be prepared for the NFL. And okay, I, right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Kirby's right. a defensive guy, and right. um, now if he did go to Georgia would be a shock because it's a you know the number one team in the country they're gonna be in it the entire time oh yeah yeah okay all right just just my opinion 
If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions, not just Talk of Champions, recruiting, Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And we both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, and affiliate of On3.com. And right now, if you sign up, you can get a full-year sub for $10 or four months for $1. That's a hell of a deal. Go sign up right now for the daily Spirit Recruiting Daily running updates on Ole Miss football, basketball, baseball, recruiting. We also do countless stories every single day. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry on Twitter. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. We're going to go now to his interview. Zach's interview with Jeremy Crabtree, own three national recruiting analyst. And we now welcome in Jeremy Crabtree, senior recruiting editor at on three sports, host of the over the middle podcast. Jeremy, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? It's just, you know, it, this is kind of the busy time of year, right? I mean, it's we're getting into the uh, what are we week twelve now? I, I can't even yeah. keep pace. The season's yeah. gone by so fast. Um, two games left for Ole Miss. They host Vanderbilt this weekend. Uh, only a couple visitors, um, but we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about a couple names that aren't in town but are very much on the list for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss in the twenty twenty two class. First one I want to talk about. People keep asking. There's not a quarterback in this class yet. <laughs> Devin Brown seems to be the name. He seems to be their yeah. number one target in this class. Um, still committed to Southern Cal, um, but I think he's playing a little bit of the waiting game and trying to uh, possibly find some other landing spots. What is the latest on the uh, Draper Utah prospect? Yeah, you, you you hit the nail on the head right there. It It's real curious to see what, happens with Devin because we still have some unknown with him when it comes to the USC situation. He continues to say all the right things about uh, USC. I'm still committed there. I, I like the school. I think I could be a good fit there, but I don't know who my coaches are going to be. So that, uh, uh, that, that certainly uh, has opened the door up, obviously for Old Miss, for Texas. He goes to uh, Ohio State this weekend for an official visit, and Ohio State's kind of weird that that, that weird one. I mean, I'm sure we can talk about Ole Miss and Texas here because uh, they they they've been there immediately from the, the beginning after he talked about uh, uh, going on other visits, even though he was committed to USC. Ohio State is that one that kind of came out of nowhere here in, in the last few weeks, and uh, Ohio State suddenly wants a quarterback in this class, uh, and, and they've started pushing for, for Brown, and I don't know. I'm going to be curious to see how that late push where uh, you weren't a priority up until, oh, yeah, you suddenly are a priority uh, matters with Ohio State and Devin Brown versus uh, obviously he was a, a, a guy that Old Miss was in on early on, even before uh, he made the original commitment to, to uh, USC, but have remained as a priority target for him. So I'm curious to see what happens with this weekend with Ohio State, but certainly I think Old Miss as you alluded to, is it could be a very good landing spot if he decides to go a different direction. I think the hang-up here, and this is just my opinion, this is not – Devin Brown didn't tell me this. This is just, you know, a 3,000-foot view here. I think the hang-up is Graham Harrell, the offensive yeah. coordinator currently in yeah. L.A. right now. Whether or not he's retained obviously remains to be seen, but – uh, Devin Brown's been adamant about he wants to play for Graham Harrell. The importance of being a quarterback at Southern Cal, it means a lot to mm -hmm. him with that quarterback lineage. Um, do you anticipate, I don't know how 
how plugged in you are with that search over there, but do you anticipate him being retained? And if not, do you think that might be the final straw for him to reopen things? Well, yeah, you're, you're, Graham Hare, obviously great offensive mind. Uh, those of us that are old enough to remember watching him play in, in, in college like me and actually follow his recruitment back when he was a star recruit back in the day, uh, I, I see the allure. And you, you touched on something there about the, the opportunity to be the quarterback at USC. And then obviously the whole NIL uh, discussion about uh, what that would mean. He is a West Coast guy. I, you know, started his career in, in Arizona. He's now at, up in Draper and, and his family is from the West. So uh, you can see why USC is the, the, the allure because it is USC. But uh, Graham, Graham Harrell and where he fits into this, it, it, I, it all depends on what happens with who they decide to go after and target. If you read the tea leaves, if you see Luke Fickle's name mentioned a lot. Uh, as, a, as a prime candidate out there, Dave Aranda out there, the, Baylor started to be another name that uh, uh, could be uh, an interesting uh, candidate. Now, I, I got the impression from talking to folks that are plugged into the coaching search that Fickle will want to bring as many of his staff from Cincinnati with him. Aranda, he's a defensive-minded guy. Uh, he, he, he's a defensive-minded guy. So if you're looking to attract some of these higher-profile names, uh, national level recruits that are out west, it might behoove him to, if again, this is all speculation, if he were the guy uh, to uh, keep a Graham Harrell on staff in some capacity, maybe not as OC, but maybe as a quarterback coach. And that potentially could uh, piggyback into keeping Devin Brown. But uh, I, I, I do think that this thing is, uh, is a little bit more open than, than what we really think, just listening to what he's telling the college coaches that we talk to, but then also just reading. Uh, what he says and, and about the emphasis about how he thinks he could go be the man at a place at like Ole Miss and and falling in love with the campus and the Grove and and the lure of playing with a guy like Lane Kiffin. So all those things are there. So I, I I just am really really curious how this develops. And I think the longer that USC does not go without a head coach, and you know we'll probably get a good inkling what happens with their head coaching situation in the next week. Usually you see so many movements, uh, as you know, right after uh, the Thanksgiving break, that last Thanksgiving game weekend that, that turns into kind of Black Monday and, and, and when coaches leave and, and make different changes. So we might know here pretty quickly, but uh, again, I, I do think Ole Miss has done about everything that they can do to position themselves to be a good landing spot if he decides to go someplace else. So taking the visit to Ohio State um, this weekend for their big game against Michigan State, do you anticipate kind of getting a little bit better of a sense of the pecking order there after this weekend um, for Devin Brown? I mean, I I always – if people ask me, I I always give some pause because – and look, it, it's probably not going to look the same next year, but the quarterback room there is still pretty full. Yep. <laughs> DJ Stroud's going to be back. Yep. Jack, yep. Jack yep. Miller is, is still possibly going to be there. Um, Quinn Ewers is still there. Yep. Um, do you, I know that highly talented prospects hardly ever concern themselves with the depth chart because they all mm-hmm. have that mindset that they can go in and compete, but comparing, you know, a place like you throw Texas in there, they're in the mix. They've got two blue chip guys there battling for the starting position. 
Ole Miss seems to have, if you're looking at it in terms of depth chart, they've got the leg yeah. up because Matt Corral is going to be gone. And then after that, you've got Luke Altmeyer, who's played a little this year, but he's relatively new and it seems like a place that he could go in and play immediately. Do you think that that's going to play a role here? No, he certainly has talked about playing time being, being a factor, but he talks the other key words that, that jumped out, jump out to me with, with, with Devin are development and fits. That is one thing he talks about a lot. If you look at most of his interviews, he talks about those two words, development and fit. And certainly when you look at his official visit reaction and the quotes compare Texas to uh, what he said about Ole Miss, I got the impression that he felt like the better fit and uh, put quotes around the word fit was at Ole Miss because he loved the game experience. Uh, he loved what he saw from the fan base. He knows he can walk in there and play quickly. Uh, I do think that uh, the development part, uh, Lane, as we know, Lane, Lane Kiffin's a great offensive mind, uh, but Sark at Texas has this reputation at developing quarterbacks, and we know Ohio State can produce quarterbacks. And, oh, yeah, you know, we, we talked earlier about the, the, the fit at USC developing quarterbacks. So I'm a bit curious – Maybe that seemed kind of a wash when you talk about how the development is because all, all those schools can develop quarterbacks. It's going to come down to fit, and I, I do think Ole Miss certainly has that uh, that, that uh, card that they can play uh, with playing time and fit and environment. Uh, it's just going to come down to, in the end, okay, keep going back. This is what happens with the coaching situation at, 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 at USC. Uh, and I am very curious. So you're, you 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 touch on something about the Ohio State uh, room quarterback room being very crowded. You're right; it is really crowded. Quinn Ewers was the number one recruit, the on three consensus five star last year. Uh, he's there. He he really hasn't even he hasn't even had a chance to even get on campus other than just this first semester. And oh yeah, they're also targeting another kid, uh, Drew Aller, uh, the Penn State quarterback in him. And so Devin Brown's on the board for Ohio State, but is right up there with Drew Aller, uh, the Penn State commitment, who might look around if James Franklin bolts. Uh, so as you, as you can see, this whole silly season is going to have a real impact on everything. But uh, uh, from a fit standpoint, I keep going back to reading the quotes from him. Uh, Ole Miss certainly seems to be a real good fit. Switching gears here, we'll switch over to defense. Uh, Ole Miss, you know, probably outside of Devin Brown, their top target in this 2022 class. Jaheim Otis, the big defensive lineman from Columbia, Mississippi, been committed to Alabama since, uh, what, April? Um, yeah, yeah. I think it shocked a lot of people that he committed so early. I don't think anybody really anticipated him doing it that early. Um, you know, you talk about Devin Brown saying all the right things. I think Jaheim Otis is saying all the right things about Alabama, but – you know, as well as I do in recruiting, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of one-on-one. You got to follow the visits. Um, he's taken his visits to Tuscaloosa, but he's been to Oxford a couple times in the summer. He's been uh, for a game earlier this year when Ole Miss beat LSU was supposed to show up last week mm-hmm. for the Texas A&M game did not show up. Um, Mississippi state is very much in the mix here as well. What is the latest on Mr. Otis and where do you kind of see this one shaking out? when it comes time to uh, put pen to paper? Well, he has talked always about playing early. And, and that is one thing that uh, both the uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State can, can sell him. I mean, uh, obviously, both schools have done a pretty adequate job recruiting along the defensive line. But let's be honest, we're talking about Alabama and the way that they recruit five stars 
uh, along the defensive line, like uh, like the Gornow style. They just they just never never uh, are short on defensive linemen, and especially premier defensive linemen. So uh, he you know he he you you can see why Ole Miss and Mississippi State are pushing him because they can sell that uh, uh, immediate playing time. And let's look at also take a step back and look at Nick Saban. Uh, recruiting at Alabama over the years, he doesn't lose many guys. Yeah, I mean, we, we know that he does not lose too many guys. When they target a guy, he they they get him. I mean, it's just that's just how things work in Tuscaloosa. However, when they do lose recruiting battles, it's to teams that are closer to home and can sell immediate playing time. And look at this, uh, Jaheim Otis as an in-state priority prospect for both. Uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and they can sell playing time. They can still still say still sell closer to home. So all those factors are certainly going to be things that are going to weigh on his mind. And uh, you know, if, I, if I'm handicapping this, I mean, we we, we uh, do a we, weekly uh, flip story on uh, forecasting potential flip percentage for uh, prospects that are committed to other schools. And Jaheim Otis, to me, uh, I put him at forty percent, and uh, I. I uh, I talked to a source and the SEC this this week when I was putting the story together, and they they said, well, that's probably closer to seventy percent. So if you're an Ole Miss or Mississippi State fan, you have to pretty feel pretty good about those percentage points. Going to jump right back to talk of champions recruiting with myself, Zach Barry, and today Jeremy Crabtree. After Zach tells you about a couple more sponsors of Talk of Champions recruiting. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So looking at the competition here for the Crimson Tide, <clears throat> Mississippi State has, in, in my opinion, one of the better track records when it comes to getting uh-huh. elite defensive uh-huh. linemen. Over the years, they have really done a nice job of prioritizing at least one elite yeah. defensive lineman and they sign them. I mean, you go back to, you know, Fletcher Cox, Chris Jones, um, they, they've done Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, they've done a really nice yeah. job, not yeah. only elite guys, but elite in state guys. So I look at when comparing the teams that are buying for the flip here, you've got Mississippi state who can point to the NFL, you know, Hey, we get guys, we develop them, we get them to the league. And then with Ole Miss, I think when Randall Joyner was hired as a defensive line coach, he obviously prioritized Jaheim Otis immediately, really did a nice job, made some inroads with the family, started to kind of give Ole Miss somewhat of a shot because I think when yeah. he committed to Alabama, a lot of people thought it was over. Um, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Comparing those two where you've got the NFL lineage at Mississippi State and then you've got Randall Joyner and all of a sudden a improving pass rush and improving defense – with Joyner running the defensive line and DJ Durkin and that staff, you know, they really stymied Texas A&M last week. And I think turned some heads nationally. I don't think many people uh-huh. thought they'd be able to do that, but when looking at from a recruiting perspective, which one do you think weighs more? Do you think there's no way to compare those two? <laughs> no, it, it, it is hard because uh, each kid's going to have a different type of response uh, uh, to do the same type of thing. I mean, some kids will, uh, lean heavily toward, my gosh, this school has a storied history, i.e. Mississippi State, of producing defensive linemen. And then you'll get the the next kid uh, that comes in the next recruiting cycle. It's highly coveted, and he'll respond to, well, you know what? I, I see that this school is improving here uh, and that uh, I could go in and help change some of that history. And uh, Otis has kind of tipped his hand both ways, to be honest. I mean, uh, he has talked highly about uh, Mississippi State and their storied history about defensive linemen, but then he has also talked about 
I know I could go to Ole Miss and it could be an opportunity to rewrite history and, and, and create something special. And he does talk about, you're right, he does talk about those great relationships he has with uh, the entire coaching staff there at Ole Miss. So uh, I, I, that's why I think, I think these last rounds of visits and getting this kid on campus and spending time with family and the coaching staff is going to be so, so important. Uh, if I'm leaning one way right now, uh, based on what some of the sources are telling us, it is probably Mississippi State that holds the edge slightly, but come on, we, 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 we know how things are in Mississippi. We know how recruiting battles go. Uh, they shift rather, rather quickly. So I'm going to be just absolutely fascinated to see what, what happens with Otis and how this finishes out, especially with uh, some of the success that we've seen with this much improved Ole Miss defensive line. So I already mentioned Ole Miss's recruiting class right now, ranked 33rd per the On3 database for the uh, 2022 consensus team recruiting rankings. And I wanted to ask you and get your thoughts on this because a lot has been made about um, Ole Miss and the lack of recruiting momentum despite having, you know, an historical season. I mean, they have a chance to um, win, uh, well, I guess this Saturday, a chance to finish undefeated at home for the first time in a long time and then have a legitimate shot at getting 11 wins for the first time ever in program history. Um, but even with all that and with all, you know, college game day coming, Lane Kiffin, the offense, the defense improving, all that, and, it, you know, people are starting to get a little – well, frustrated because it hasn't really equated to, you know, an influx of commits. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because the transfer portal has just completely changed the entire landscape of how coaching staffs go about this now. And I think that Lane Kiffin and his staff are right there with that mm -hmm. mindset. In terms of how this will affect everything moving forward and how much weight you put into – recruiting the portal versus recruiting high school players <laughs> like how do you see this evolving our business and the industry and and how you kind of judge how good a class is because i know that that's a big question is when yeah. will portal additions be added to recruiting rankings i don't really know if you can ever truly do that because it it just it's two different things but yeah yeah it, in terms of, you know, finding success with the portal, because I think that that's where this is moving towards finding guys that can immediately come in. I mean, I think the big name right now, when you're talking Ole Miss specifically, replacing Matt Corral, you can't talk about replacing Matt Corral without mentioning Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, mm -hmm. Anthony mm -hmm. Richardson mm -hmm. at Florida. I mean, how do you, as someone who is, you, you know, <laughs> in charge of, of, of this whole thing, <laughs> as a senior recruiting editor, oh, what are the challenges that come with, you know, putting a value on portal additions and how it affects team rankings? Well, and, and, and you, you touched on it there. It is beyond difficult because, uh, and I don't know how we're going to do this long-term because uh, it is, it's not just us on three, but as, as an industry, because uh, all we can judge a kid on is what we saw from him in high school. And, you know, if he's a Juco player, we can see, obviously, they have game film and tape of that. But uh, if we, we're talking about a kid who's been on a campus for a year or two or a year, a year or two, uh, and, and they've only been on the scout team or uh, th th those guys are going to be extremely difficult to evaluate. And 
we also have a hard time getting to know these kids, unlike through the recruiting process where we can talk to them on a constant basis. We can we could kind of, you know, pardon my French here, uh, read through the BS a bit that they're, they're selling us about, about certain things. And we often won't get that type of communication uh, with, uh, with these kids that are in the transfer portal because sometimes they're in the transfer portal for a reason. Now, which makes it even more difficult. I'm going to counter everything I hear said there because then you get a guy like uh, Spencer Rattler where there is tape. You can see that a Spencer Rattler uh, is a dynamic playmaker and uh, was being mentioned as a potential Heisman Trophy candidate uh, uh, early on this season. So there's the problem that dealing with, uh, uh, with with the transfer portal. And it's also the the problem that uh, these uh, college coaches and recruiting uh, staff people have to figure out too, because uh, again, they're often much like if you're in the JUCO ranks, you're there, you're there, you're in the portal or transferring for a reason, and you have to do your due diligence to see where they fit in, how they fit in, why are they in? Is it just a playing time thing, or did was there an off the field thing that was kept on the down low? Uh, it it is just become the most uh, uh, complex part of the recruiting process, but you're also seeing savvy coaches who are smart about it. And I think you know, you're, you're talking about the numbers there that are in this, you know, old Miss class, and uh, some people are a little bit disappointed with with uh, with it. Uh, one one, I go back. Don't judge that. You know, let's let's see where we're at with Ole Miss recruiting. In uh, in two weeks here, after we get to the first or second week of December, before we fully judge it. But then, too, uh, you're seeing savvy staffs like Ole Miss uh, that are saving some spots in the class because they think that they can go out there and get impact transfers uh, and, and and bolster and fit immediate needs. It's essentially become free agency of, of, of college football, and 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 there are obviously. Folks in the NFL and other sports that are so much better at uh, the free agent part and than that other other places are. So the the savvy coaches and the coaches that have the support staff that do great due diligence and um, find out the exact details upon it why a guy is transferring uh, are going to be the ones that, that are successful in it. And uh, uh, we have seen some success already at Ole Miss, and I think we'll see some more here move, moving forward. So again. Don't don't judge this Ole Miss class yet. I, th- I think you know that's going to be hard to judge it if they do pick up a bunch of uh, transfer portal guys. It is hard to truly tr- uh, quantify. Okay, well, if we added say a Spencer Rattler into this Ole Miss class, suddenly where would it rank on a class ranking standpoint? It, it's going to be so hard to ju- judge. But uh, uh, I, I, I'm I think it's going to be really fun to follow not just Ole Miss, but throughout their, throughout their entire country because it is a wild, wild west, new world type situation. All right, last thing here, Jeremy. It wouldn't be an Ole Miss recruiting podcast if we didn't discuss Arch Manning. <laughs> He's completed the, uh, as we were, we're, we're dubbing it, the tour to Arch. Uh, he's completed <laughs> his, his, his fall visits. Um, he's been everywhere. He's been to Clemson. He's been to Texas. He's been to Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss. Um, I think it's impossible to. Well, I say that you, you might you might know more than I do, and I suspect you do, which is why I'm asking you. It's hard because he's keeping everything so close to yeah. the best. The, yeah. the, the family's done such a a great job of, you know, I wouldn't say controlling the recruitment, but they're they're being very very 
diligent and thorough with how they do things and how they handle the media. But I anticipate, and this is me, I don't know, I anticipate a decision probably coming March, April ish. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. typically want to get it done early so they can focus on their senior season and also build around their, you know, themselves and their class. Um, where do things stand now? I think that the teams that I continue to hear the most about are Georgia, Ole Miss, and Texas. Um, but, but kind of what's the national, the national landscape of his recruitment right now? Um, we're obviously close to it with Ole Miss and yeah, obviously his yeah. family ties to the program. But what, what is the national narrative right now for Arch Manning? No, I, I think you, you, you've re- you're reading it right based, again, that the family's playing it perfectly and, and, and they're, they're doing it the, the right way uh, in, in not parading arch out there in front of every television camera that, uh, that, that he can find. And, and, and I, I appreciate, I appreciate that a lot uh, in today's uh, uh, world of uh, college football recruiting. I mean, because obviously, as you know, we've, we've got, we got a lot of those uh, type of situations where uh, players want want to and seek the spotlight and but that doesn't also surprise me about how uh the entire manning family went through their recruiting process and you know i was in showing how old i am i remember when eli came through the recruiting process and uh it it, it was very uh very similar type type of situation didn't get paraded around a lot of different places of course the, the internet wasn't as big back then but uh uh I do like how they're doing the, doing the process. I do get the sense from talking to our coaching contacts that uh, uh, Georgia, Texas, Old Miss are right there. He's intrigued by Alabama, but uh, knows that, uh, you know, the, the Alabama is going to sign another five-star quarterback uh, and two more five-star quarterbacks uh, compared to where if he were to go to a place like Old Miss, uh, he would be the man. I mean, he, he would certainly be the man. And, and 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 can write a legacy at, at a school like that. Te- the Texas thing uh, intrigues me greatly, uh, based on the intel that uh, we were getting after uh, this round of visits, uh, is that Texas was doing a very good job and actually had uh, put themselves in a pretty good position. He loved the town of Austin. Uh, he loved the offensive mind that Steve Sarkeesian is, and the way that uh, he is uh, could again be the man in Austin, but. Now that we're, uh, you know, in week 12 of college football and we see the Texas Longhorns uh, in, a, in a big losing streak and, and also uh, coming off a historically bad loss to the Kansas Jayhawks and talking about upwards of 30, you know, 30 plus players potentially transferring in and out there in Austin, that could be something that uh, privately, uh, the, the, again, speculation here, but uh, based on what we've heard, uh, that, that the family, the Manning family, uh, is that's certainly something that they're paying attention to. So uh, I, I think that's why we're we're going to see these official visits in the spring after after the smoke clears from signing day and the silly season. I mean, shoot! I mean, we 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 often wonder what happens if the right hire at LSU. What what happens there if that changes things? So you can see this is this has got. Uh, uh, a lot of twists and turns left here, but uh, the, the constant does seem to be that Georgia, uh, in the way that Kirby Smart and, and, and has sold him on being a, an immediate playing time and immediate threat 
to complement the defensive mind, defensive mindset that they have in Athens, Texas with uh, Coach Sark uh, in their offensive development, and then Ole Miss with, I mean, you 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 know all the connections. If you're an Ole Miss fan listening to this, you know all the connections. Don't even talk about that. So uh, certainly that seems to be the three going into uh, the this November December early January period. Then they'll follow back up with visits and then we will truly see where, where things stand. So Texas probably number one, uh, based on what we're hearing, Ole Miss, Georgia right there, and then we'll go from there. All right, Jeremy, before I let you go, uh, they can obviously find you at on3.com, but let the listeners know where they can find the rest of your stuff. Yeah, you can uh, also follow me on Twitter, pretty simple, at Jeremy Crabtree. Uh, and we're cranking great stuff out every single day. And uh, we're, I, I, I've been doing this for almost 30 years now. And the stuff that uh, our friends at on, you know, that we're doing at on three is just absolutely uh, amazing. And I, I can't wait for our readers to see some of the really cool database stuff that, that we've got in the works. And uh, uh, it's, it's a great time to jump on board and, and, and uh, get a subscription if you don't already. All right, that's Jeremy Crabtree, senior recruiting editor on Three Sports and the host of the Over the Middle podcast. Thanks, man. That was fun. We'll do it again uh, sometime soon, I'm sure, once uh, signing day gets here. Oh, yeah. It's going to be less than 30 days to the start of the early signing period, and I think I'm going to have a perpetual cup of coffee in my hand because it's going to be wild and woolly with all these silly season coaching changes and so many marquee jobs. I, I think this is going to be unlike any, uh, and it feels like I'd say this every year, but this year is unlike anything that I've seen in the 25 plus years I'm going to do with all these coaching jobs. Uh, it is going to be insane, man. The carousel is starting to turn. And as we know, once that starts to turn that uh, the recruiting follows it. So uh, <laughs> thanks again, man. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll do it again soon. So uh, we'll holler at you later. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.